You're listening to the YCA Podcast. This is a podcast created for coaches by the coaches. The Young Coaches Association is proud to present exclusive content from coaches, young and old, all across the state of South Carolina. The YCA Podcast was created to provide a platform where coaches can share their own thoughts and insights to others with the hopes of building a brand and growing the profession. In more simple terms, these are ball coaches just sitting around talking ball. Thanks for listening to the YCA Podcast. We hope you enjoy. Five and under academy interviews here. Um, we had Coach Cromer on last week from Lower Richland. The week before that, we had Coach Neil Smith at White Knoll High School. And we actually have our first doctor on the podcast here, okay? Um, that is impressive within itself that we actually have somebody with a doctorate on here. So we got Coach Andre Wilcock. He is the head coach at Eastside High School currently. We've got him on, and we're excited to hear from him today. I'm going to go ahead. We don't have Coach Willis again for this one. Uh, Coach Willis is very long-winded, so we're going to knock this thing out and actually let our guest talk a little bit today. So I'm going to go ahead and let Coach kind of tell you a little bit about himself, where he's came from, and where he's at now. Go ahead, Coach. First of all, I'm just um, appreciative to be a part of this uh, group. Um, you know, when when the group came out and you see all those names on there, like man, this is this is a big time, it's a big time group. And um, so um, you know, I'm just appreciative to be here. I'm appreciative that you guys are uh, taking the time to, uh, man, talk to me uh, about ball. So I'm excited about that. But uh, my name is Andre Wilcock. I'm from uh, St. Stephen, South Carolina. I played at Timberland High School under Coach Craig. Uh, after high school, I uh, walked on to North Greenville. So, um, you know, I don't have the traditional rush for a 2,000-yard story, you know, caught 1,500 balls. That's not my story. Um, uh, just just the guy that loved the sport uh, at, at a young age. Was, was never very talented, but just loved, loved ball. Uh, walked on to North Greenville, uh, played a uh, linebacker and DB there uh, from 2006 to 2009. No, I'm sorry, I lied to you, 2005 to 2008. And then I was a graduate assistant there under uh, Coach Chowell from uh, 2009 to 2011. Uh, after that, went to Eastside High School as an assistant, uh, coached there for five years, and then uh, became a head coach, uh, oh, man, 2018 and 96. And that was a whirlwind uh, in the sense of um, not the not the situation or the location, just a 29-year-old head coach, man. I was uh, a little bit in over my head, to say the least. And then uh did two years there, did some good things there. Um, great people, great staff, had some great players. And uh, 2019, I came to Eastside, uh, came back to Eastside as the head coach, and I've been here since. So, again, I'm just, uh, just a guy that loves ball, not a great athlete, uh, not a great football mind, just a, just a man that loves ball. Coach, you, you couldn't have said it any better, man. Uh, we were talking right before we got on and got a Berkeley County connection, you know, not knowing. And I just, once again, didn't really know Coach and just kind of assumed he was an upstate guy. But it's crazy in this coaching world how much the circle is. It's pretty small, right? And I think what you guys can gain from Coach right there is he's very humble about it. He's not a guy who – you know, played in the league or was a big-time SEC guy or anything like that, just a dude who grinded and loved football. So I think we can relate with, to players with that because we know that what – what's the stats, Coach? Is it 90% of these kids won't play on Saturdays? They they quit on Fridays. It's something like that. It's it's a very yeah, crazy like number. Something, something yeah. crazy like that, but yeah. a lot of people don't play on Saturdays. I know That's that right. much. <laughs> That's right. So it's just another way to connect with our kids. So, Coach, we'll go ahead since we've got our intro in and our background in. We'll go ahead to the first drive section, and I think this is a pretty important question 
and the interview is about highlighting yourself, but also when you highlight yourself, it's where you came from and who's helped you. So our first question here is who are a couple of your coaching mentors you've had in your life? I've had a good bit, honestly. It is not all just football. Um, I had a lot of guys uh, pouring to me and extremely thankful for that. So definitely have to start off with, um, you know, Coach Craig, a high school football coach who taught me how to work. Um, I don't know if any of you guys know who Coach Craig is. Uh, you going to work. It's just, it's just that simple. And uh, Coach Craig did a good job of uh, preparing me for life. And on that staff was Coach Wright, who's the head coach at uh, Cross, and uh, Coach Wallace was the head basketball coach at Berkeley. And that's, that's all on one staff. And, you know, that staff is really uh, – they, they really – that Timberland High School staff really prepared me uh, for life in general. Then, you know, I had opportunity to play college ball. And uh, Coach uh, Omar Carrier, who's at – uh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm, I'm drawing a blank. The new school in Kane Hoy. And uh, Luke, not Lucy Beckham. Um, uh, Philip Philip Simmons. Philip Simmons, yes, sir. Yep. I'm, I apologize. No, you're fine, uh, bro. Coach Carr, who's not coaching at uh, Philip Simmons, he was my DB coach in uh, college. And, man, he, um, again, just taught me how to be a man, you know, just, you know, each step of, you know, other way just uh, stuck with me. Again, I was never one of his talented players, but I worked hard. And uh, he just always uh, poured into me and ne never held any punches. So uh, Coach Carrier, then I had the opportunity to be a graduate assistant. And um, Coach Chadwell, who uh, honestly, you know, I don't want to turn this into a testimony, but uh, you know, I was sleeping on uh, people's couches before I got hired as a grad assistant at North Greenville. And uh, so I owe Coach Chadwell, you know, so much of my uh, coaching uh, coaching career. And I had an opportunity to uh, be a grad assistant under Coach Staggs on the defensive side of the ball. And then uh, one of my uh, best friends in the world is uh, the co-OC at uh, Liberty now is Newland Isaac. He was the other GA on the offensive side of the ball. So, man, it, you know, they, we, get, we get to high school. I'm sorry, and I, and I can't forget Coach McGee, who's also the D-line coach at Liberty now. Uh, man, we get to uh, high school level at Eastside. And um, Coach Irwin, who's the head baseball coach at Eastside, um, you know, just poured into me. Coach Cosmic, who's not an AD and a wrestling coach. He was the head wrestling coach. Uh, when I was at East Side, he poured into me, allowed me to be a part of his staff, because the only thing I want to know was how do I build a championship program? And Coach Irwin uh, and uh, Coach Cos took me underneath their wings and gave me everything they they know. So, man, I, I can name coaches. You know, I don't want to keep name dropping because I'm afraid I'm gonna leave someone off the list. But I'm one of the coaches who um, I'm just a product of a lot of people pouring into me, and so not so much of. My, my talent or my or my knowledge but just a lot of people believed in me and uh gave me something to work with so it's a little bit about you know the people that helped me out in this profession absolutely coach you can't forget them ever you know that's the thing that people don't understand um it's those guys that you can still connect with and talk to when you need something and it seems like you've got some everywhere you've been and, and honestly it speaks to me a little bit too because i've worked for coach Wright. i was his dc for a year at cross and Coach Wallace was actually my JV head coach when I was just a young JV coach. Um, you know, <laughs> Coach Wallace taught me a lot. You know, as as you well know, you've been around him. That cat, I mean, just talk about wisdom. He's got it, man. Um, He's one of the best people I've ever met in my life. Absolutely. I, I learned good exactly. I learned so much about people with him and how to communicate and how to work and how to do the little things. So. Your mentors spoke a lot, Coach. A couple of those guys are my mentors as well, whether they know it or not. Um, let's go ahead into our next question, which is very related to this, which would be 
why is it important for older coaches to pour into younger coaches? You never know what that young coach is going to become or who that young coach is going to become. You, you just don't know. Um, you know, I feel like a lot of times uh, the older coaches look at the young coaches and say, this, this guy's lazy. Um, well, you know, teach them how to work. If you if you really care about the school that you're at and you care about building something um, greater than yourself, then pour into those young guys. You know, uh, show them, like, hey, man, look, um, you're not beneath. I mean, you're not above um, painting the field. Teach them how the proper way to paint the field. Show them how to, you know, pull string. I'm sure we've all done that already. Uh, you know, just show them those small things because once you teach a man how to work and teach these coaches, these young coaches how to work, they then uh, can actually, you know, keep the ball rolling. They can share their wisdom that they got from you. I share it to the next group of young coaches coming behind them. They can share it to the players. Um, they can share it in the community. So it's extremely important uh, to, to share the important young coaches if you if you really care about building anything. You know, at some point you're going to become an older coach. And I'm starting to sit a little bit now to where um, – because I'm exactly 35 years old. And some of the things the kids say, I have no idea what it means now. And I'm like, man, I'm that coach now. But I have a 24-year-old and a 26-year-old on staff. And they're like, coach, man, I got you. Don't, don't worry about it. I can take care of it. And those young coaches can uh, be the bridge in between the head coach and the locker room. So you definitely need young coaches. And you want to pour into those guys and – you know, and don't be selfish. You know, someone had to teach you how to coach ball. So, you know, pay it forward. So I definitely think it's it's, it's important, especially in, the, uh, you know, let's just be honest, our game is dying. And so if we, if we want to revive our game, uh, you know, it, it's the coaches who, um, you know, want to want to give back to the young guys. Again, um, you know, I'm 35, so I'm, I'm right at the edge of being a young coach. Right? Uh, <laughs> I won't be a young coach next year. But, you know, um, you know, I've, I've had coaches, uh, whether it be um, – you know, different opponents over the years uh, coming to me on the sideline, but hey, coach, you know, I see what you're doing. Keep going. If you need anything, let me know. Uh, Perry Parks was probably the first head coach to pour into me um, when I was my first year as a head coach. Um, and um, Jamie Nichols at Abbeville poured into, poured into a young head coach. You know, the, the Frost brothers that were at Christ Church, they poured into a young head coach. Uh, so, you know, these guys definitely gave me the game. And so I'm just, uh, you know, I feel like if any coach who, you know, is going to deny young coaches the opportunity to, to learn, they, I think they have to ask themselves, are they serious about seeing our game grow? Are they serious about seeing the very game that changed our lives? Are they serious about it changing the lives of the people that come behind them? All great points, Coach. And I think something that kind of sparked me when you were speaking too was the fact that we've – we got to work hard, but we also have to be approachable. Um, I think everybody has had that older guy on staff at some point, not trying to name any names or anything like that, but the guy who's been kind of grouchy, the guy who does bust his tail, but when you try to help, he says, nah, I got it, or nah, you, you would just mess it up. Like you said, teach those guys. You know what I mean? Um, take the time and teach those young guys, and then they know. And if you're the guy who says, because I've been guilty of it too, of like, ah, I'm the only guy who knows how to do this right. If somebody else does it, they're going to do it wrong and it's going to piss me off. Well, teach those guys exactly what you want. I mean, I know when I'm learning something, you know, I'm 29 myself. If I'm learning something new, no matter what it is, I kind of want to be taught like I'm a kid, right? I, I'm Definitely. I'm not one of those auditory learners. I'm not even hardly visual. I'm kind of put my hands on and do it. So I know dealing with some older coaches in the past, it was very hard to learn anything from them um, just because they weren't very approachable. But then there's the flip side, like you just said, 
um, no matter your position, there are guys that are very approachable. No matter how many games they won, no matter how old they are, how many rings they have, whatever it be, just be approachable. Um, and something else, Coach Cromer, we had him on uh, last week. He kind of said, bridge the gap. And that's kind of what you're saying too, Coach. I mean, it's we have to bridge the gap. We have to make it fun. We have to give some incentives for these young guys getting into it, you know, to understand, hey, we work hard, but here's all the rewards you're going to get. You know what I mean? Here's the things that if you do it the right way, you're going to grow and you're going to be a part of a great program and get kids into men, you know? Yes, sir, definitely. That's what it's about, honestly. And, uh, you know, we always say about, the, you know, older coaches always talk about work ethic in the, in the young coaches. Show them how to work. Now, I have my CDL, Coach Cosmicki, uh, the head the AD and head wrestling coach at Eastside now. now. He's one of the main state championships in wrestling, and I watched him for years now drive his team to each match. So I'm like, if he's driving a bus, I can drive a bus to a game. So, you know, just – Things like that. You never know, um, you know, why, you know, the, the young like the young coaches are watching you. And I know I watched a lot of coaches, man. I'm still watching coaches because I still consider myself a young coach. And I just watch a lot of coaches and how they work and how they move and, you know, just ask some questions. I'm still texting coaches, emailing coaches because I want to know. I want to be great. And so and I've just been thankful. I mean, lucky enough, and I'm extremely thankful about it, that a lot of these older coaches are pouring to me. So I'm not going to rob the next generation of the same opportunities. Absolutely. Absolutely. We've got to grow this thing, and it's a brotherhood. Um, if you guys are listening to this, this should be the third one in the series out of 15, and you're going to hear this with every one. It's a brotherhood. You know, we're not – we might have different colors on. We might be in different areas of the state, but it's a brotherhood, man. Um, we need to be approachable and connect and, and teach people our ways. Uh, so, guys, we'll go ahead. We're going to take a quick break, and we're going to come back into this air it out segment. Coach Wilcox interview here with the 35 and Under Academy. We're to the air it out segment, and we are going to just take a seg, a seg, really a segment or a second here about what the academy is. Just to remind you guys, maybe this is the first time you're getting in on these interviews because you know Coach and just want to listen to him for a little bit. So our Coaches Association has went above and beyond this year to start a 35 and Under uh, coaching academy for football. So they've selected uh, 15 guys that are at least 35 or under. 35 is kind of the cap. Um, Coach Fiddler made sure a couple weeks to let us know that it is 35 and under. All right, not under 35. But we've got some great guys here, and every week we're going to be pushing out an interview, a personal interview with these guys, asking them a couple questions. Um, the academy, it's the inaugural class, so it's the first class right here. And we've got a mix of head coaches, coordinators and assistants on this list and some great guys so what it'll be kind of capped on is they will have one full day to their cells for kind of an all-day clinic during the all sports clinic i believe it's in greenville i keep asking people this I believe it's in yeah coach is telling me it's in greenville this year and coach willis and myself will actually be up there in the back just kind of taking notes and we'll do a review podcast on it hopefully we'll do a round table with some of these guys when we're up there as well and kind of have a good time with it. So leading into that, Coach, we'll go ahead with our first aired out question, which is what are you hoping to gain personally out of the 35 and under academy? Family. Family, uh, you know, it's a lot of, you know, the list came out, so a lot of good names, um, big names on there. I consider big names. Um, you know, 
I just consider like Shane Phil. I think he's I think he's a genius. And so um, you know, and we talk, you know, we see each other at clinics and we converse. But I, I love the opportunity to be a part of a class with someone like him. Um, not really part of a class, but have access to someone uh like him that who I think can, you know, has the ability to turn any program around that he's a part of. Uh, so you definitely look um, you know, to to just gain gain new family members, uh, a new brotherhood, you know, you know, just a, a new a more access to um coaches throughout the state who I think are really good coaches and looking to learn, you know, I don't have all the answers, you know, out you know, I'm I'm trying to trying to do something special just like everyone else in this group. So definitely looking forward to a group of guys around the same age that can we can bounce ideas off of. Absolutely, coach. And family speaks to me. I mean, I'll be honest with you, I started coaching kinda out of high school and college and didn't play in college or anything like that. And for the most part, I keep to myself and I haven't done the best job with networking. So one thing in this podcast, Coach Willis and I have been able to gain is meeting guys, you know, kind of like yourself that are either bright young stars or guys who've done it for so long. And now they're numbers that I could text if I needed or, you know what I mean, bounce ideas off of. And that's another reason why I'm super excited to partner up with the Coaches Association and be a part of this too, man. I uh, don't think you could have said any better. It's family. That's the main thing. Um, of course, I tell everybody when somebody speaks, try to take one thing away from them. So I'm sure every speaker we have on that day, I'm going to take away at least one thing. But, I mean, the biggest thing to me is kind of like Coach said, it's the family. It's getting to chop it up with these guys, you know. Uh, so, Coach, sure. let's go to kind of a personal question here. Um, you know, a lot of guys are going to say, well, I don't want to brag or, this or that, whatever it be, but I want you to be honest with this one is, if you could hang your hat on being the best at one aspect of coaching, what would it be? Community leadership. Uh, community. I would say community leadership. Um, big on service projects, giving back to the community. The same community that comes to the games and support my kids, I want to, you know, on Saturday mornings, pour back into that same community. So, Community leadership is a huge, and you know, regardless of how you do it, whether you do it through a service projects or um, you know different events that you hold throughout the community, whatever it is, uh, use the um, you know use your arms to reach those who support you day in and day out. So I would definitely say community leadership. Awesome, coach, and that's one I didn't really expect, and that's kind of what I was hoping for. Is something that I didn't really expect, and for you young guys, I'll throw a CDL plug out here. Coach can really get these guys doing some community service when he really needs it because he can drive that bus. You know, he can load them cats up and go do what he needs to do. You know, um, always like the plug of the CDL. I have one myself, and it definitely alleviates a lot of issues, right? I know oh, yeah. at first I was definitely like – because I jokingly tell guys on staff, bro, if it's got a steering wheel, I can whip it. Like I, I, my dad, you know, he, he's a welder and a drag racer and the whole nine – he knows nothing about coaching, but one thing growing up is like, boy, if you don't know how to drive it, it ain't going to be good. You need to learn how to drive this thing. So at first with the CDL, I was like, ah, I don't know. But as Coach can probably tell you too, there's so many little advantages when you have it compared to a coach that doesn't, you know. Well, it's it a lot of money in job security. <laughs> exactly, job security. You can make some money too if you want to. Um, and then it leads into, like Coach said, uh, when you're a leader of a program, you can take those guys – you know, as long as you have permission, but you can take those guys and do whatever you need, you know. And I think that's something that people don't understand that are outside of coaching. They're, they're not coaches. They don't understand the work that we put in with 
one, helping the community, and two, letting these kids be men, right, turning them into men. Um, little things Definitely. like that make a huge difference, M- really more than the difference if they know how to skip pull on a Friday night, right? Um, yes, sir. People don't understand that. They think that we just, you know, if you're not a starter, if you're not a dude, if you're not a player, we just don't like you, but it's quite the opposite. I mean, if those guys all pour into it and work like we do, we're all one big family, right? Yes, sir, definitely. And like you said, it just wraps back up into the family aspect of the community. Those people pay good money. We all know how much it is to get into a game and and eat nowadays and the whole nine at a game. You know, we got to give back to them if they're coming to see us. And also, it shows, you know, like for kids, you know, they need to see that not everyone that's coming to support you on Friday night they can't they can't afford to buy the Jordans that you. That you, that you wear on your feet, you know, Monday through Friday. And so it gives them a real dose of reality to see, like, you know, I take my kids um, to a soup kitchen. I've taken my kids to Habitat for Humanity. Uh, what else do we do? We do a place called Front Porch, Front Porch Housing, and that's uh, pretty much um, for adults who are given a second chance at life. You know, sometimes a mama's lost her kids, and in order to get her kids back, she has to go um, find proof of residence. And so we work with um, the company Front Porch Housing. So just the show kids that, hey, look, man, everyone's life isn't easy. So and you need to be appreciative for the things that you have and humble yourself and um, you know, be thankful for what you have and, and help and help others get to where you are. Exactly, Coach. And that kind of goes back to our first interview with Neil Smith. He was talking about we kind of asked him, you know, like within the North-South, what was the most rewarding aspect or thing you won't forget? And he said, man, it comes with nothing – on or off the field during the game, it's when they take the kids with the elementary age kids and do the uh, little shopping spree. You know, he said it was such a it's such a rewarding, impactful moment when these kids get around little ones that, like you said, they might have only ate you know once a day, right? And they never get to go into a store and just get what they want within a budget. You know, they never have that opportunity. So that. That definitely spoke to me too, you know. Um, interview with Neil was great. I listened to that interview, man. And Neil's a man. He's a great, great dude, man. Like yeah, a really he, great guy. I mean, he's a dude. I mean, but once again, Coach, y'all are all dudes. There's a reason why you're on this list. You know what I mean? I appreciate um, that. Thank yes, you. Yes, sir. So we'll go ahead. Like I said, I don't have long-winded uh, Coach Willis with us. Normally, he's still just rambling, rambling, rambling. I got to get my little little shots in while he isn't here, but. We're going to go ahead. We're killing the script right now. So let's go ahead into our overtime section. So um, if you guys don't know, overtime, we normally open it up to our guests if they have a question or if they have something they want to plug or speak about or talk about, we kind of open the floor to them. So, Coach, do you have anything for us? Uh, Definitely. uh, To to the young coaches, honestly, or to every coach, but definitely to the young coaches. Look, as a head coach, I've been 9-3, and region coach of the year, Lakeland's coach of the year. Um, and not even three years later, well, exactly three years later, I was one and nine, uh, people wanted, you know, people wanted me fired, you know, it was crazy. So understand that, man, this, this profession is going to be filled with uh, highs and lows, ups and downs, whatever you want to call it. But the one thing that you have to have is the belief system. And, um, I, a strong, a strong believer in, you know, my, my players know I'm going to talk about Jesus. This is who I am. And, um, you know, you have to have a belief system. And when things go left, you know, what are you really holding on to? You know, what, what do you stand on? You know, what, what's that, what's that one thing? Where's your, where's your foundation? Where are your feet planted? And so at nine and three, I was happy. 
and I was happy-go-lucky. Um, uh, made made it to the second round of the playoffs. I was, I was extremely excited. I had a really good buzz about my name, one and nine. I was like, well, you know, what's what's going on? But the one thing that stayed constant during that time was uh, my foundation. You know, my belief system. Um, and why I was really doing it. Why was I in this profession? And you know, I told myself a long time ago. You know, I, I want to build. Um, I want to build young men into men. I want to build high character individuals. It's going to be assets in society. And so, regardless if you're 15, 15 and 0, or you are, you know, two and eight, you know, whatever, whatever that may be, um, you still have to stand on your foundation, regardless of what happens. Because if you're going to, uh, if you're going to uh, flow with the uh, wins and losses, then you're going to be unstable for the rest of your career. And I don't want any of that. I don't want that for any coach, especially young coaches, because a lot of times. You know, you feel like, man, I can't, you know, I can't figure it out. Well, sometimes it's not for you to figure it out. Sometimes it's, it's for you to experience, and um, you know, just you know, and find out who you really are, and find out who the people are around you. You know, you you want to know who your friends are, you want to know who has your back. Go two and eight, go one and nine. <laughs> you're gonna, you're really gonna find out who believes in you. You're really gonna find out how administration feels about you, how your coordinators feel about you, and um, you know, everyone is uh your, your best friend in the world when you when you're balling out of control and winning a lot of games and. You know the people in the local Walmart, man. They may offer to buy your groceries when you're winning, and uh, when you when you're not, yeah, you, they call you everything but a child of God. So, you know, you just gotta have that uh, have a, a strong foundation, man, a strong belief system. And um, and again, like I said earlier, um, I'm going to talk about Jesus. This is who I am. Um, that that's where mine is. And so I, I challenge, not really challenge, but um, I hope and encourage and hope uh and encourage you all. I have a foundation, man. Like, you know, know who you are outside of your uh, record and outside of how things are going uh, within the building uh, and or on the field. So, guys, just want to kind of recap that. And, Coach, I agree with you there. Uh, your beliefs and your foundation come internally is kind of what he's saying. And no matter what you're going through on the outside, the inside, you kind of got to be the same, you know, whether the storm and good things will happen. And, I couldn't agree more, and this is why I love high school football. Um, I don't necessarily like college football, especially the way it's going. Um, we don't have to get off on a tangent with that. But, I mean, really, man, the the kind of underrated thing with coaches and the things that people don't understand is the guy who's 9-3 and three might not be as good a coach in person as the guy who's going 1-9, and nine, you know. But it's the guys who, no matter where they're at, are taking their program – really to the ceiling as far as off the field, on the field, those are the guys who are elite-level coaches and leaders in this industry, you know. In high school ball, like you said, Coach, it's all about making them men, right, and making them really positive leaders in the community, you know. And that has really, when it comes down to it, nothing to do on the field, in my opinion. That all comes from your program, and then the on the field will match the off the field, right. If you're off the field – is elite, then eventually your own the field is going to get there, whatever your ceiling is, you know. Um, the wins and losses will, like you said, they'll come and go. Um, and I don't think young guys really understand that either. It's like, man, you know, I'll be honest with you, at Cross with Coach Wright, we um, still had some COVID issues, and I could sit here and give excuses and excuses. But, you know, I'm a D.C. Uh, 1A school, I'm still taking it, you know, like a 5A school mentality as far as being a D.C. And, golly, man, we go, you know, two and seven and are out the first round of the playoffs. And I'm sitting here just making myself, 
feel like, well, what did I do wrong? You know, why did I screw this up? Because, you know, Cross is traditionally a powerhouse. Though. Obviously, they went to lower state last year, and it really made me question some things and for really no reason, right? I mean, it is what it is. The wins and losses don't matter. It's how you impacted those kids in a positive way. You know, and the, the no, don't get me wrong. We, we all want to win. <laughs> sure, yeah, like we when, all want to win. Sure, sometimes it's not, that's not in the script. Sometimes, right, exactly. So those wins and losses come and go, guys. I mean, we we all have ups and downs when you do it long enough. So I can't agree with Coach Moore on that one. Um, Coach, man, I really appreciated having you on. Um, that kind of wrapped up our overtime there. Just kind of some advice to the younger guys. And once again, I'm just. Really excited that you were able to come on. We had some issues here and there, but we're, we knocked it out. We got it done. And I'm just excited to see all you guys in July, you know. Yes, sir. Um, yes, sir. I'm, thank you guys for yes, sir. having me. Yeah, and I, I, you know, just, just thinking about, man, uh, 15 guys, 35 and under in the state of South Carolina, someone thought that I was good enough to be a part of that. And, um, <laughs> you know, extremely appreciative uh for that opportunity and extremely appreciative for you taking the time out on, you know, on a school day, um, you know, to, uh, to uh, do an interview with me. That really means a lot. And I really do appreciate it. Thank you. Yes, sir. Had a great time, man. Had a great time. All right, guys, we'll catch you next week with our next interviewee. All right. That's all we've got for today's episode of the YCA podcast. Thanks for listening, and make sure you go to Spotify and hit that subscribe button. Also, be sure to check us out on Twitter at YCA underscore podcast. Follow, like, retweet, and share the YCA podcast, and feel free to send questions or content ideas you'd like to be covered in the future. Thanks again for listening. This is Cam Willis signing off. Until next time, see you.